Dots. I'm Dr. Latifah. I'm the host of the Money Fit MD podcast. This is where we help badass women physicians just like you learn simple and effective tools to build wealth from the inside out. That way we can create wealth and bigger impact without all the burnout. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another fabulous episode with Dr. Latifad. How are you guys doing today? I am super excited. Actually, you know what? I said, how are you doing? And I didn't even stop to hear back. All right. I heard you. You're doing fantastic. And if you think I'm hallucinating, you are correct. <laughs> I am. Uh, all right. Sorry, y'all. I love to crack myself up. And life is hard sometimes, you know, there's so much craziness going on in the world. You just have to find joy within yourself. And I'm grateful that I get to do that. And I get to share that with y'all. So today I have another amazing episode that is going to be amazing. So sometimes I know y'all listen to me when you're driving and I have a feeling this is one you can do when you're driving, but this is probably one you're going to have to re-listen to with a pen and paper when you get home and like, okay, what was all that stuff she shared anyways? Because this is going to be an amazing amazing episode. It's going to be fully packed with amazing stuff that you guys can start to use, especially if you're a physician that has your own practice or a part of a large practice, anything that has to do with billing, we're going to help you conquer today. So before I go any further, I want to say welcome to my amazing guest, Dr. Heather. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Just what you're doing for your listeners is just awesome and just something we all so desperately need. So thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for saying yes to coming to hang out with me on the Money Fit MD podcast. <laughs> I love it. So I know who you are and I could read your bio and read and bring your podcast and all the crazy, amazing stuff you're doing in the world, but let us hear from you. Who are you? Why are you the biller of the world? Talk to us about why we're here, who you are and why you're so awesome. Yeah, happy to. All right. So by background, I'm actually a pathologist, which I know is not normal for entrepreneurs, but we're we're doing it and loving it. So background uh, pathologist, I am also a physician executive. So I oversee close to 200 hospital laboratories in my day job. I work for a big uh, healthcare corporation. I love my day job. It's fun. It's also given me the experience and all the things that have helped me be a successful entrepreneur. And so, so that's my day job on the side. My husband actually full-time runs the medical billing company that we are partners in. And so I'm the physician advisor who helps, you know, sit down with clients, get into the details, pull out a good spreadsheet and help them grow their revenue. And so that's everything about us. And really we're on a mission to help educate so that they know what's going on in their practice when it comes to medical billing so that they can improve on it and not feel overwhelmed by it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about you. So how long have you been in practice now? So I guess almost eight years and started out in private practice myself and then really just loved the business side of medicine. I mean, that's where I feel at home. I love running the numbers. I love understanding revenue. I love understanding the contracts and how to make things more efficient. And so that's what I've done in a day-to-day world with in the hospital side. And so now we're kind of leveraging that experience in our new company for private practices and others who are doing medical billing themselves. 
So when you were in training, med school, residency, did you know that you had that interest in all things numbers and all that? Or like, what was your path when you said, I'm applying to medical school? What did you think you're going to be doing with your life? (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that. So my mom's a nurse. And so she ended up, you know, in nursing and then running hospitals herself. And so I actually think it was passed down by some thing from genetics, who knows, but I have always loved the business side and actually started consulting as a resident, looking and doing analyses for laboratories. And so was even traveling to different places out of the country to help laboratories with that analysis. So I actually think it was something that I started out in literally first year of residency and then continued on. And so it was a very natural path. I think it's just when you're passionate about something, it's easy and you just love it. And so, and I know that that's, we all have different passions. We all have different things we love, but truly just the business side of it, it just makes sense to me. So. Okay. So that was a really interesting tidbit you just shared right now. As a resident, you were consulting. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Like, how did that happen? Did you, were you looking for, con- cause I have residents, fellows, attendees that are listening. They're like, what? I could contract with anything. You mean I didn't have to like be hungry as a resident? Tell us, how did that happen? Yeah, I, you know, I just think it started with conversations. You know, you talk about what you're interested in. And then I had attendings who were like, well, wait a minute, we actually could use your help. And they had side businesses themselves. And so they, I actually, I have to tell you a funny story. I ended up getting on a plane and literally flying to the middle of nowhere, Canada and doing these lab audits, looking at the whole business side, the quality side, the whole thing. Well, on these little itty bitty planes with like six people, And at one point I was the only female on the plane because it wasn't a lot of, you know, people on there. It was a lot of mining towns. And so it was a really great experience because you got to see what real world laboratories look like. And we were looking at the revenue numbers. We were looking at operations. We were looking at expenses. We were looking at quality. And it just kind of grew naturally, I think, just because I kept seeking out, maybe not even intentionally, it just through conversation. I love it. Just conversation, having an idea, just a little bit of curiosity about what you may be interested in just exploring, having conversations about it and seeing where those conversations lead. I think it's so, so powerful. You know, I had an experience in medical school that I actually haven't thought about for a long time until we started having this conversation about labs. Because normally I'm like, lab, Latifah in labs, we (laughs) (laughs) we don't get along together. Like, talk about poop. I'm your girl. Like, you know, like kind of start talking about GI, nerdy stuff. I'm your girl. But when I was in med school, I actually did this um, month in Uganda with one of my friends. And what we were doing, there was like a TV project. I went to UCSF and they had some partnership with hospitals in Uganda where they were looking at increasing the detection of TB as a way of controlling and Mm -hmm. decreasing the spread of TB. And part of that was us going to labs in remote areas, really, to look at the process of how does things actually happen? People coming in when they have symptoms, how is it recorded? So just like levels of quality and I went through that. It was a great experience, really humbling to learn from the experts, the people that are in the labs, see how they were doing and just being more open to the expertise of people that are outside of my environment. But I never really put that together as quality improvement work per se, but it really is quality improvement. It is learning how what is working 
how we can bring our own input, sometimes as outsiders with fresh eyes, but trusting the expertise of those that are already inside. And I can also see how that really, really correlates to what you're doing with Bill in today. Yeah, it's all about KPIs, which people may not always know what that means. That's key performance indicators. So it's really being able to look at, okay, gosh, what's going on? What metrics do I follow? What doesn't look like where I want it to be? And then how do I make changes and then follow up on those metrics? And so it is a huge part of any business, regardless of where you're at, right? What kind, Whether you're subspecialist or private practice, is being able to look at the data and be able to set some uh, quality programs around. I mean, it's the same thing with personal finance, right? I tell people, because a lot of my people do not like spreadsheets, right? So I love to say it in words as opposed to like on table format. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, where are we? Where do we want to go? What can we do better, right? And just like that quality improvement, realizing that it doesn't have to be all or none. It's always going to be imperfect actions, reevaluate, take steps, change things and move forward. So no, I love, love, love that. And the good news is, is that, you know, as a physician who say owns a practice, right? You don't need to get into the weeds. You just need to understand the high level and then have really good team members who can handle the weeds for you. You know, I always, I create dashboards for our clients and I have a simple view, right? The like, Hey, here's the high levels with some pretty colors just to say like, yeah, red, we're not doing good there. Green, we're doing great. And then if somebody's more interested in the weeds, then I've got that detail behind so that somebody can get into it if they want. I love it. Love it. So before we go more into details with the bill, and I kind of like following your story and following people's path. So you are here, you finished residency, and then were you and then you started your own private practice for a couple of years. Is that correct? I was employed by a private practice group. And so I was an employee doc for about a year. So it was not very long and then got moved really because of kind of my interest in the business side. Um, started overseeing nine hospital laboratories and then got moved to oversee the rest of the company. So we've got close to 200 and we have a great team and I have a great boss and just a, it's a wonderful job and love it. And, but it's that business side of it. That's just what I enjoy. I love it. And so at what point in that story did you decide that, oh, you know, I want to add another hat to this and delve more into helping physicians and physician practices with their billing? Um, it was probably uh, probably close to two years ago. So it was actually at a women's wellness conference. So got to love that, right? And for physicians. And we were hearing a story about a physician who had not been paid for almost a year. And when it came down to it, it was because of some poor billing processes. And he was trying to get out. He knew he knew stuff wasn't going well, obviously, right? But then being able to dig back out of that and knowing how to get out of it. And so my husband, who's got 20 years of software experience, really knows the inner workings of things that happen in a billing company. We decided to pair it together. And our mission is really to provide that reliable data-driven service so that you know practices can really, you know, we take the weight off of their shoulders. That's what we're trying to do. I love it. So tell us a little bit, what exactly, and I I'm going to have the perspective of someone that is a resident, someone that's a fellow, someone that's like looking from outside at the world of medicine. And it's like, so what exactly do we mean when we talk about billing? What are we talking about here? So medical billing, very simply, is really the process of saying, hey, I've registered a patient, I've collected their information, I've seen them in the office, and now I need to actually submit a claim 
to the insurance company and the process of submitting it to a clearinghouse, understanding if there's been a rejection or a denial, which can happen for a number of different reasons. And then lo and behold, actually getting paid for it, which sounds really simple, but each of those individual steps that I outline have little nuances that if you're not being careful about certain things can create a a delay in getting paid. And so it is a very specific step-by-step process that has to really all be aligned in order to be successful. And that is overwhelming because we're not taught that in medical school. We're not, you know, showed the, what those steps look like. And so my goal, my husband's goal, our team's goal, who are doing the medical billing and coding is to help educate, simplify it, help ensure that every single step is done well and working with the practice. If there's things on their end, we help them identify those and get those corrected. If there's things on our, on our end, we're making sure to set that up for success. So what are some of the more common mistakes that you see for that physicians and physician practices are making when it comes to their billing that can be a good tip for those listening right now to sort of like, okay, what can I do right now to help me in my process of my billing so that I can get freaking paid for the amazing work that I'm freaking doing? <laughs> so I'll start big picture, right? And then I'll, I'll step through the process very high level. So big picture is understanding that process. And I don't mean you have to know every little nuance, but you just kind of have to understand, okay, this is in general what needs to happen. Having a few key metrics, again, you don't need a massive spreadsheet, you don't need every data point in the world, but just a few key things to say, okay, these are the things I'm going to watch and monitor every month. And then in in a more detailed way, you know, there's things that your front office can do. I will say some of the biggest things we see is not getting that insurance information, not having it updated, really making sure that when that patient comes into the office, you're like, hey, is this your insurance information? Let me see that card. Oh, is it the same card? Okay, look, it's the same. All right, check. Making sure that we're, when that patient's due for a visit, that we're actually checking with the insurance company. Yeah, they are still eligible. They're still on the plan. And then another easy thing is having a rock solid patient payment policy. So that patient comes in, right? And you're able to say, okay, hey, Mrs. Smith, you owe $90 for your copay and your coinsurance or your deductible, helping the front office staff really understand what those three terms are so they can help your patients understand what those three terms are and collecting that money up front really can help the process down, you know, as it progresses through so that the practice isn't trying to chase that money after the fact, which can get challenging. So those are a few key tips that kind of really help. I mean, obviously, as physicians, we need to make sure that we're coding appropriately and that you're tracking that you're coding appropriately. So if you're seeing denials, you know, oh, shoot, I need to go fix that. So part of this is really teaching the people that you're delegating to how to do a great job. Correct. And again, that doesn't need to be on the physician, right? It's not like, okay, the physician who owns the practice or the physicians who are seeing the patient need to teach that. It's that you have to have the team in place, whether you've outsourced billing, right? Or you've in-house billing that, that those individuals are keeping track of those metrics and helping educate and find those KPIs, right? Remember when I talked about KPIs and understand like, shoot, this isn't what I want it to look like. How do I fix it? And so that's very critical to be part of your private practice process. 
So the tips you shared, I can see that working for the outpatient side of things. But what about the sort of like the more inpatient part of things or the more like someone comes to mind right now, one of my fabulous doctors in my money program, she hates billing and she lets me hear it all the time. And she's going to be listening to this episode. And this is for you, sunshine lady, doc, amazing, badass woman. Right. So for I'll use that as an example. So she works more in the hospice side of stuff and she's an independent contractor for that sort of set and like are will this same like are there any other tips that may be more applicable to those people so i will always say actually start with what i just said because even if so even if anyone is private practice or independent i should say and they're seeing patients but they're billing for their professional time through their own process you still have to have all those steps in place because if you don't, you're not going to get paid on time. Now, granted, on the professional side, on a on a more inpatient basis, or if you're going into the hospital, the coding may be a little different, but the process actually is no different. It is exactly the same. You may have to be double duty tasking and working with your hospital inpatient billers and coders because they're going to be billing the facility side, but your team, I would think in an independent world, is going to be billing for your, you know, you're going to be billing your side. And so there'll be two processes going on, but the same key, same key functions are critical. You got to have insurance. You got to make sure that you've collected it. Now, you may not be collecting payments up front. That's that process is going to be a little different, but the same process of submitting the claims to the insurance company and then making sure that it's going through the clearinghouse, making sure that you're tracking denials. Why are you saying denials? Are you understanding also your payers policies? Because guess what? They love to change things. They like to change things sometimes, you know, once a year, maybe more frequently than that with everything that's going on with telemedicine. So that's just really important. The other thing that was coming to mind as you're describing this is we just have to be intentional. We have to take the time, right? And we have to ask the questions because a lot of times as physicians, we can get annoyed and mm-hmm. overwhelmed and we're like i have 99 problems i just want someone to like take care of all the stuff right and it's just like finances there are certain things that some people can help you take care of however we know even as physicians that when our patients are more informed it changes the conversation Right. Mm -hmm. Not that we're bad doctors. We're great doctors. But then when someone is like asking questions like why this, not that, like it just elevates the experience and also elevates the quality of the care. So I think there's like both sides There's a patient and there's a physician. It's not like one sided and the same exactly for this where we cannot we cannot assume or expect that we can just do this front end and forget about the back end. Totally. And again, the physicians who are listening, right, or healthcare providers, you know, you don't have to be the expert. You don't have to know every single answer. You just need to sit down with whoever's doing your billing and running that, right? Somebody is, hopefully, somebody is doing that. And so sit down with them and just ask the question okay, show me my data. Help me understand what you're doing every day. Help me understand the data you're looking at and tracking. And if they're like, oh gosh, I'm not tracking anything, I can give you, we can go over a couple key things to say, okay, here's the four things I'd like to see. And then by asking those questions, it will turn their brain into thinking, okay, I need to help educate and teach. And then as the physician, 
then you can go back up to the high level stuff, right? You don't need to be in the weeds, but you just need to start having the, the conversation to sit down and go, okay, let's just talk for 30 minutes. And what comes to mind is a great CEO isn't necessarily someone that's in the weeds. I've never seen Jeff Bezos deliver yeah. my Amazon luggage, my, my, you know, my Amazon package. But the thing is a great CEO has that bird's eye view and is willing to dip down and sink in and so, sort of like evaluate and then come back, like problem solved and then come out, problem solved, come out. So that's something that we, I, I think there needs to be an identity shift for a lot of physicians in terms of how we view ourselves. We're not just, and not to say just as in undermining what we do, but we are physicians, but we're also CEOs of our lives. We are CEOs of our business, right? And so, yes, we can delegate, but a CEO is someone that oversees the business of their business, really. And you have someone take care of stuff, but you still have to be willing and have the mindset of knowing that this is your business. It is all your business. So that's what I'm getting from this. Exactly. And even if you're employed, you know, most of employed docs are paid off of, you know, volume or revenue. And so if, even if you're employed to go and sit down with the people who, who help manage that process and go, I really want to learn. I want to make sure that I'm coding appropriately, that I'm getting you and me the revenue that we all deserve for the work that I'm performing, right? It's all got to be clinically appropriate. We all know that, but we all know that there are nuances and things that we all could be doing better that help us be more successful when it comes to capturing what we deserve for the work that we're performing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I hear from physicians that are are independent practice physicians is complaints about billing, about the billing company. So what are some of the complaints that you hear about from the folks that you've talked about from physicians that are some of the pain points for lack of a better term, when it comes to the actual billing companies, sort of like the, not us, but them. Now we've talked about us, but we know it's not all of our fault. Sometimes it's their fault. So let's talk about the other side. I think the biggest thing I see is that they have so many people working on their case, right? They have in their billing company, they don't know who to go to, to talk to, and that nobody's providing them with that big picture view. They're just like, oh yeah, things are going well. And maybe the docs are saying, well, yeah, revenue's coming in, but I don't know if it's all the revenue I should be getting. And so they just don't know who to go to. They don't have reliable, high-level metrics to review. And then sometimes the billing team is truly not actually doing the the process correctly. They're not following up on the denials. They're not managing the billing process. But the physician has no idea because they're not seeing any metrics at the end of the month or the end of the week to say, gosh, things are going well or they're not going well. And that's that's been the biggest thing is it's just that reliable data-driven service which is what we are really centering our company around so that we can solve for that problem that seems to be in the industry. So if someone has a biller or they're looking for a biller, what are some of the things, some of like the check, not checklist per se, but what are some of the great questions that we should be asking if we're looking for a new biller or if we already have a biller and we're like, is it me or you? Like, what are some of the questions that we should be looking for in terms of helping us make that decision? Like, should I stay with you or should I ditch you kind of deal? (laughs) (laughs) So my number one thing is, are you actually meeting with your biller on a monthly basis? Let's just put that as minimum. That should be goal number one. If that's not happening today, 
you walk away with this from this podcast and you go call your biller and you say, whether you're in-house or outsourced, I want a meeting. I want to meet every month. And again, that's at a minimum. You know, we're oftentimes meeting with clients much more than that in the beginning. The next thing is to say, and I want to see some metrics, things like, and I'm going to list a few things out, things like, what are my charges every month? What are my receivables every month? What's the money coming in, right? What is my denial rate? And then what is the amount of money and the percent of money that's called accounts receivable that's been hanging out there for what greater than 90 days? That's a a good place to start because if you can see what's the percent of your AR, right, accounts receivable, that's greater than 90 days and say that percent is over 15, 20, 25%, that means you've got a problem and you need to get to the bottom of why so much money is sitting there unpaid. Unpaid would be the best way to say it so that you can make sure that we've got a good process that we can stand behind. Those are the questions I would start with. I love that. Those are so, so, so helpful. So now let's move to your company and what kind of like, what do you guys do? What kind of services do you do? And I'm maybe a little bit biased because I'm a physician, but I love things that physicians are involved in because nobody knows us like us. And doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but there's so much that other people don't understand about our frustration, about what we do, why we're pissed off, why we don't have freaking time, right? And it's like, it's not that the doctors are lazy. It's just the fact that we're stretched thin. And so I personally, that's why I'm glad that we're here. And I'm glad you have this company. I am super excited that you are in the billing space because nobody's going to understand our pain like us. So Tell us what exactly do you guys do and how do you help physicians, your physicians, make more money by billing appropriately and actually getting paid for the amazing, excellent value that we're creating into the world? So we offer a full service, you know, start to finish billing company. So we can handle anything from, you know, charging and posting and, you know, all the details, right? Managing the denials. And that's all your bread and butter, right? But the biggest thing that we offer is actually sitting down with the physicians, understanding their practice. As a physician myself, we like to understand the big picture view, like what's going on in your practice? What pain points do you have? Do you need to put in quality programs? We don't just stop at, oh, let me just submit your claim and manage your denials. It's creating a data that is a dashboard that is simple easy to use, and that is high level. So the doc can go, I can sleep at night. I know this is getting taken care of because I can look at these five things and I know they're good. And that, you know, is so critical. I think for our docs who don't have the time, because we are then our seeing patients and dealing with admin and peer to peer reviews, it's just a lot. And so our main goal is to say, what can we take off your mind and your plate so that you don't have to worry and stress And we're meeting regularly so that you trust the process. And that can be anything from, hey, we want to add on chronic care management programs, and that makes sense for primary care, and I need that. Or say it's something different for a subspecialist. So we work with all subspecialists across the nation. And really, I see us as a partner, as as someone who can really strategically think about the practice, and then also take care of the medical billing and coding if that's something that's necessary. And what comes to mind as well is as physicians, especially as women physicians, we take care of so much. We take care of everybody. And 
I don't always believe that the way you do one thing is how you do everything else, but it can be really true in many scenarios, right? If you think about a lot of times in our personal lives, we give and then we're like, have I eaten? Right? Have I slept in days? And we do that same thing with our personal finance. We give and then we're like, do I have any money left to invest? Right? And so as you're saying, this it's the same thing like our personal life, our personal finance, and also in our business life, where it's like we take care of all the patients, we take care of all the crappy crap that the crappy, crappy people want the crappy, crappy for us to do. And then it's sort of like, but I haven't even built for it. And what is happening is we're burning ourselves out in those three categories, in our personal lives, in our personal finance, and also in our business. And what ends up happening is we have nothing left, right? And again, as I said earlier, there are going to be factors that are us and there are going to be factors that are them. Right now, I'm talking about us. In another episode, I'm going to yap about them. But today, I'm talking about you. So I'm talking about the things that I want you to be empowered to look at, the things that I want you to be empowered to do. And it's not like you are going to be the one that solves the burnout of the world. But imagine if we did not pay ourselves first. In fact, one of my one of my clients said, she was, like, she was trying to understand what I meant by pay yourself first. And then she actually said, you mean pay your ass first. So yes, <laughs> like in all those three aspects of our lives, personal space, energy, our personal finance and our business, I need to make sure that we are not paying ourselves last. Because if we keep doing that, we're just going to exponentially expedite the process of burnout from all those three different areas of our lives. We're going to have nothing left for ourselves Nothing left for our families and nothing left for the patients that are waiting to be served by us in the near and long distance future. So this is all exponentially and critically important. So I'm so, so glad that you're helping physicians in this way to build that line, because now we're talking about like three different lines, but that line of the finances, which dips into everything else, because if this is your primary source of income, it's going to fit into your personal finance. And if this is, you know, your personal finance is going to dip into how you take a vacation, how you pay for childcare, how you refill yourself and all this other thing. So my bottom line is I want physicians to be well. I want you all to have a crap load of money, however much money you want, but I want you to have financial peace of mind and own that ability to remember that you are the CEO of your life. You are that badass. You are the one that was made to be here for a reason and your life absolutely matters. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's easy to feel overwhelmed, right? It's easy to go, gosh, I'm just going to ignore that because I don't know where to start. So I say, again, if you learn anything from today, it's walking out of here going, I'm going to just go sit down with my billing team. I don't know, in-house or outhouse, outhouse, Lord, outsourced. (laughs) No matter what, those are the individuals I'm going to go walk away from here. I'm going to go sit down with and go, show me what's going on in my practice. And even if you don't know what any of it means, just start there and learn, ask questions. It's okay to not know. It's not okay to not ask. I love that. It's okay to not know. It's not okay to not ask, right? And sometimes what happens is the same, again, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, right? It's back to that brain drama of thinking or expecting that we should know everything, even though no one has ever taught us. It's happen into shame 
of how am I going to feel the shame we're going to feel when we see that this part of our life is not organized. Like there's nothing wrong with my crappy closet. Like it's messed up right now, but what is worse than me not actually looking is me ignoring the mess and saying someday, someday, by the time I open it, there's going to be a bunch of roaches and rats and God knows what else. Right? So yes, it may be messy right now, but the longer you keep the mess, the more entangled mess it becomes. So if there is anything you're taking away from what we're sharing today, it's just get started. Just look, right? Ask questions. And I know your brain is probably like, but I don't have time, Latifa. You don't understand. Like, I'm literally like when we're done recording this episode, I'm going to be recording a solo episode on calendaring just for you. So I'm <laughs> going to make sure that that is available already posted or next after this. So if you're patient for a couple more days after this, you will see the episode on calendaring. So no excuse because calendaring literally will save lives and it saved my life even imperfectly as my ink calendaring is. And I want you to learn how to do it too. So this is all great. So this has been so fun. Anything else you want to share with our people before we call it a goodbye? No, I, you know, appreciate you having us on. We do some education podcasts just on billing and coding and just all of all the things in order to make that process rock solid, as well as billing metrics. So, you know, if you are overwhelmed again, one day at a time, doesn't need to be perfect. Just one foot in front of the other. So can you tell us the name of your podcast? And I know you also have a Facebook group as well. Yes. Yes. So the podcast is called Rev, R-E-F-E. MD. So think revenue MD and the Facebook group is also called rev MD. And then our company is called national revenue consulting. And that's because you serve all people from all the States in the United States, correct? Yes. We are okay. nationwide and we're just here to help. And even if you have an in-house billing team, but you're not quite sure what to do with metrics, we're happy to take a look at that with you and have that conversation to help you get on the right track. And y'all better take her up on that offer because again, I love when I see physicians in spaces because I mean, you cannot trust automatically that because someone is a physician, they're ethical, but the same thing for the rest of the world. And what I know is at baseline, completely crazy people don't do the things that we've done, like invest whatever multiple six figures, whatever number of years in their life, become physician leaders, run multiple labs decide to do a bill and and go listen to our podcast, get a feel for her if you want to. But the key is I need you to just have money, period. I need you to have money and be well. And this entangled mess of your billing needs to be disentangled. So go find her, reach out to her, talk to her, hire her company, let them help you if it's a great fit for you. And if it's not, then use the knowledge and the information we've shared today to evaluate and improve what you currently have or look for a company or a you know, a business that's going to fit the bill of what you want. But the bottom line is not billing well, not getting paid for the work you're doing makes zero sense or not getting appropriately compensated for the amazing work you're doing. And next year, I hear there's going to be some cuts coming along with compensation. So I need you to like optimize what you're already doing. And this is the way we're going to do it. So Heather, 
Thank you so, so very much for hanging out with me. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I hope this has been of value to you guys. If you've loved what you heard today, leave us a review. Let me know what you love about it. Because when I invite guests in here, I pick them out just for you. So I want to know what you think so we can bring more fabulous humans, just like Heather, to come bless you all. So thank you very much for being here with me today. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. All right, everybody. I'll see you in the next episode and have a fabulous rest of the week. Bye-bye. If you have loved this episode, I would love it if you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps us get this content to more women physicians. This is a money revolution, and I'm so glad that you're part of it. Thank you for listening. Thank you.